I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Sasha Weir. He's going to talk about how to start long-term family travel. Hi Sasha, how are you? Hi Debbie, how are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Before we get to all of your tips and tricks, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. Thanks again for having me. I live an offbeat life because I'm a full-time traveler with my family. Uh, We've been on the road for a year and seven months full-time so far. We RV'd across America to uh, 25 national parks in 37 states last year. And this year we are spending a month at a time, some of our favorite places, mostly out west. So um, so that's it. I love that. And you did this during the time where it was kind of people were were, you know, still a little bit unsettled or, you know, some people are a lot unsettled about traveling, you know, especially with everything that's going on in the world, but you and your family have been able to make it work. And the first thing that you did was you left your, your jobs and you just went on the road and you took a year off. Is that right? Yes. Yes. We prepared for a year and then we, um, we basically were, not working for the for the year on a, on a much smaller budget than we than we lived on at home. Um, I worked you know very part time, like one two days a month, but but mostly we were off last year. Yeah, so we call it a sabbatical, or, or at least we, that's what we told our jobs. So. <laughs> <laughs> so when you you know obviously before you dive into this, you have to make preparations. So what are some of the main preparations that you needed to do to really make this work, and what are some of the things that you wished you had prepared before going off on the road? Ooh, she asked the regret question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so no regrets is my <laughs> philosophy. Yeah, so we prepared a few things. We have a five-year-old uh, now. He was three at the time. So preparing for him to travel was was a part of it. You know, what are we going to do to educate him? You know, how is he going to be on the road, et cetera? But actually, kids are so adaptable. So that, that it ended up to be not very complicated. I mean, we took him on a few road trips before, like during in 2020 and early 2021, just to kind of prepare him for, for longer term travel. And so that helped. And we were obviously doing homeschooling like everyone was during COVID, although at that time working full time. So it was, you know, so difficult and challenging, like, like everyone was experiencing who's, who was a parent. And so we, we already gotten used to that a little bit. So that was a positive thing. And then the other parts were, um, you know, kind of breaking it down step by step. So the first big thing was the budget, right? So we sat down and really looked at what we were spending money on, um, that we really didn't need at home, 
Um, and then what would we need to spend money on on the road? We tried to be sort of generous in terms of, you know, car breakdown costs and, and fuel. We didn't certainly anticipate that gas prices would rise so much, but actually that didn't really impact us too much at all. It's, 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 not, it's not that bad, even if you are full time on the road. Um, so, so the budget thing was, was big um, and, you know, buying anything that we thought we would need, we would need. Um, I think paring down our, our things, our material things was a huge, I mean, that really took a year. Like, do we really need this thing? Do we really need this clothes, you know, this, these items of clothes, etc. So how many trips did I make to, uh, to Goodwill to, uh, to dump off stuff, which, which actually felt very good and cleansing. Um, and, and, you know, all this, all these clothes realized like we, oh, I love that shirt, but like you haven't worn it in three years. Like, okay, well, maybe I really don't need it. Um, and that went in waves. There were, there were things that were easy to get rid of and then things that were harder to get rid of. And then, you know, kind of planning out the, the trip, right? So, um, you know, like what developing our bucket list of like, okay, here are the top 10 things we each want to do. And, you know, how can we do them? And, and we kind of put those in the category of like, well, we definitely want to go to Yellowstone. Um, so seeing things, but then also experiences we wanted to have. So like, I really wanted to learn how to surf. My wife wanted to learn how to snowboard, um, you know, paragliding, like this sort of thing. And so, um, it, you know, the kind of experience learning and then um, kind of the big picture items, like, you know, like, okay, looking at a map, like, <laughs> we, so we, 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 we were in the United States, we wanted to go to Canada, but it, the border was closed at the time. So we're like, okay, like looking at a map, like, how can we do the big picture? Like, how long is it going to take to get to each place? And, um, and then the smaller thing. So we bought all these, um, mostly National Geographic, um, guides on, you know, kind of, places to go, um, and really just scoured them out. Um, and, uh, I think, um, you know, we sort of, there's the Uber planning, like the map, and then you develop some rough, rough sketch sketching. Um, and then also trying to, so, so then, then to your question of like, what do we, what do we wish we did? So, so two things, <laughs> um, number one is, um, I wish I had not uh, used Google directions as my estimate for how long it would take to travel somewhere in an RV. Um, so if you ever get an <laughs> RV, they really don't go above 55 or 60 miles an hour, which is fine for when you're in a city or suburb or something. That's pretty normal. But believe me, when you get on Montana, uh, 55 is not a normal speed and they will let you know. Um, I mean, we have had people <laughs> flash and honk at us. And I mean, somebody in Detroit threw a water bottle at me because they didn't like how slow I was going. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, so, so that one, you have to plan for a lot of extra time that way. And then I think the other big thing is really kind of being open to new experiences and listening to people's advice when you're on the road. So actually for the first several months, we, we had everything like every night booked up and then we were actually in the grand Canyon. That was the, the big game changer. We stopped making all reservations. Um, and that was the best part of our trip. So for the, for the, the final six months of our trip, we, we didn't have any reservations and that was amazing. Um, cause then we could, I mean, we, we would make a reservation maybe, you know, two or three days in advance, but, 
Um, we even went to Yosemite for almost 10 days without a reservation or, or we reserved two days in advance. Right. Um, and then while we were there, we would like add another day or something like that. So there's when you're, when you're RVing or camping, um, either in a tent or, or, or car camping or in an RV, um, there's so many options for you that are available that you don't have to reserve as opposed to, you know, kind of your normal life. So, um, that was a very long winded answer. So <laughs> I'll leave you to ask more questions. <laughs> Yeah. And it really allows you to have that freedom when you don't put yourself in that box of like, okay, I have to be here. We have to leave. And especially if you enjoy a place, sometimes you just want to stay there longer. Maybe, um, you know, the the weather was bad and you couldn't do it. So you want to stay a li- little longer or want to explore a bit more. So that's always good when you have that type of flexibility to have. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was that was really huge. I, you know, looking back on it now, cause now we're doing monthly Airbnbs. Um, you know, I think it was kind of unique to the RV slash camping experience. It's much harder, I guess, probably if you need to book like hotels or something. But, um, if you are doing one of those kinds of travel, I, I suppose you could do last minute Airbnbs too. I, I, I don't know. I haven't tried it, but, um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was wonderful. Like Yosemite was a great example. Actually, we, we actually weren't planning on going to Yosemite at all. We had been before we did a great hike to the top of clouds rest a few um, years before. And we were like, okay, we kind of been there. Um, and then we realized, Hey, wait a minute, we're in the Bay area a little bit. And, um, and you know what, there's a couple of openings for camping spots in Yosemite, maybe we can go. And then when we were there, we discovered that actually there's a ski resort inside Yosemite National Park. Um, no one ever mentioned this to us. Um, and we were there in last February. And then there's the Firefalls, um, which was so cool. That's like a special light that fi- that shines on um, this one waterfall and it, and it creates this amazing orange kind of narrow effect on the waterfall. And they used to throw... Um, live uh, uh live lit lumber over the falls they don't do that anymore thankfully <laughs> cause a forest fire but anyways so we like my son learned how to ski and snowboard my wife learned how to snowboard uh, i learned how to snowboard um all in yosemite national park um and it, it's super cheap it was like 30 dollars a day and there was no one on the mountain it was insane so um you know being flexible and open with no reservations helped us um do that and, and many other experiences too yeah, and it's it's more fun, I think, when when you do that. Especially if you're not that type of person in the beginning, it's really nerve wracking, and then you start it. Hopefully, you enjoy it. If not, I, you know, at least you tried it. <laughs> For sure, yeah, it's 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 way more fun. Eventually, it does kind of wear on you because you have um, you end up with decision fatigue. Like, mm. oh, I can go anywhere today. Well, where am I going to go? Oh, you know. <laughs> and so then you really kind of get overwhelmed. And so I think it got a little tiring for us after. But that was after six or seven months of doing it, like, nonstop. One small example of, of uh, being being open, listening to, um, listening to what nature or other people tell you. So now that you are doing monthly rentals, monthly Airbnb rentals, how do you actually choose the areas that you are all staying in? Um, especially since you you and your wife both work remotely now, and I know the internet is a huge thing, obviously, for all of us when we're working. But how do you choose? Like, where do you know 
where your next destination is going to be. Because we RV'd across 37 states last year, we we had kind of some of our favorite spots. And so um, places that we wanted to um, spend more time in or maybe potentially move to at some point, if we ever move somewhere again and stop the travel life, who knows? And so we chose the places we're staying in um, kind of on that basis. So we spent the first, um, it was two weeks uh, in Montana. Then we were in uh, Portland, Portland, Oregon, uh, Seattle, then um, Sonoma, where we are again now, uh, then Southern California, San Diego area, um, and then Central Coast, California. Um, and we spent a couple weeks in um, Hawaii, although that was vacation. And now we're thinking about going somewhere in the Southwest. So, you know, it was just kind of like, Hey, we like this place. Like, you know, <laughs> let's, let's hang out and spend some more time. I mean, certainly the internet question is always like sort of the first one, uh, we ask and, and, you know, read the reviews of like, Oh my God, like, you know, internet sucks in this place. Don't work remotely here. Or, or, you know, make sure a place has, um, a lot of reviews. We never book a place that has like only one or two reviews. Like you're not going to live in a place for a month. That, that, that's a huge risk you'd take on, right? A hidden thing that I didn't know about until we started doing it um, is that if you stay a month uh, in a place, uh, the Airbnbs will give you a huge discount. I mean, the place we're staying at now would basically get half off. In fact, I looked at staying here for two weeks and it was going to be more expensive than it was for booking for the whole month, um, which is a little insane. So um, that, that's, that was kind of a, um, a little, uh, hack that we, that we learned, which is great. Not, it's not every place, but it's, uh, a lot of places. Um, cause I think the, 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 um, the owners want to have some stability and, and obviously we reviewed on Airbnb as well. So they can see that, you know, we're not crazy people and we leave the house <laughs> clean. So, yeah. I love that. So is there any other tips that you would like to share with us that maybe, people you wish people knew maybe it's something that's not well known when you want to start doing this especially with a family yeah right i think that um you know first of all the idea of being on the road with your family can be daunting uh and and i think people turn off the idea of travel or bigger travel when they have kids in fact i've heard even some people say like oh well, my kid won't be ready to travel until he's you know eight or nine i'm like wow okay i don't you know um I, I think number one is kids are super adaptable right and so um the earlier you can introduce them to travel uh the the better for them and for you uh because then they get used to seeing you know changing up their location being on longer uh journeys um and and you know and then enriching their lives uh, in terms of all the different hikes and um and and things that they can explore in nature we, we stopped calling them hikes with my kid by the way because he started to hate hikes we take him on these you know very long we took him on an 11 mile hike once um <laughs> and that was a little much so um uh, but he can now do six or seven miles on his own, um, which is which is pretty great. Um, and and he can do at least two nights um, out in the backcountry, which is which is also great. But anyways, um, so just getting them used to that is 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 a huge thing, and and you know that only comes with the more you do it. Um, I think the other thing is that uh, tons of families are doing this. Um, there are Facebook groups that that we joined that are like full-time travel families, full-time RV families. Um, and, and 
you know, we only have one kid, but we, we've met many RVers who had three or four or five kids and they're traveling with all these kids in the RV and they make it work. And then the whole homeschooling thing is so mainstreamed now. I mean, we bought our first homeschooling books at, at Costco. Um, Costco was a great hack, by the way, on the road. Like it's super cheap. You know, there's so many different curricula out there. And, and so you can get going that way. There's, there's, um, you know, the, the world is your oyster now. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to travel as a family, there's, there's so many different ways to do it. And then the, the more you do it, I think the more, uh, kind of the deeper you go, um, or deeper you can go. So we, we RV'd to Mexico. That was like, people ask me, what's my favorite state? I, I say Sonora, Mexico. <laughs> um, uh, that's not something we planned on doing, but, um, we heard some good experiences from people. And so we were in Arizona and we were just like, took the leap. Um, and, uh, that was amazing because it opened our eyes to, um, to, to really going abroad and, and, and on the road, uh, traveling. And, and we'd really like to do that more in the future. And my, my son really kind of fell in love with Mexico. He, he's like actively learning Spanish almost on his own. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and, and really, uh, really took a liking to the place. So, so we would really like to go deeper and, and, and then, of course, you can learn from a, a different culture um, as well. So we would, I, mean, I think our idea is to travel all the way down to the tip of the southern tip of South America um, in, a, in a bit of a different RV. Not, not right now, but, but at some point. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you are open to all of these things and you also share it with your son too. So thank you so much, Sasha, for sharing with us your journey. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Sure. Uh, well, I'm on Instagram, Sasha Traveler or Sasha underscore Traveler. I have a photography website called imagejourneys.org and I run a nonprofit organization called uh, the Grassroots Reconciliation Group. And I'm about to start a travel website called offthebeatentravel.com for hidden gems of, of uh, hidden, hidden travel gems. So um, yeah, anyways, um, thanks a lot, Debbie, for having me. I really appreciate it and great to talk to you. Thanks, Sasha. We really appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Sasha. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where he shares how he has been able to travel the world and make it sustainable with his family. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life. I'll talk to you soon.